Hi, I'm Claire Riley and welcome to MS Understood. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in April 2017. At the time, all I wanted to do was get on with my life, put my head in the sand and privately listen to real people's stories about living with this unpredictable disease. I was deep in denial, terrified about the unknown ahead and I felt really alone. So here it is. MS Understood, conversations with real people from all walks of life who live with MS. Before we get started, I'd like to acknowledge that this episode of MS Understood was recorded across multiple lands. I recognise and acknowledge that all of Australia is Aboriginal land and I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. That's why I did it. So I actually didn't do it for me, although I enjoyed it and I love being in those environments. I did it to show people that are in a stage in their journey where they are capable of challenging themselves physically, that you can do it. Your journey might be different. It might be slower. You might have way more hurdles along the way. But if it's something that you want and it's within your reach, you should try because you just never know what you're capable of until you put yourself out there. Last week on the MS Understood podcast, we were introduced to Katie and she chatted about her adventure. This week, we get to talk to her about how her mountaineering trip went. Her story is really one that, that makes me want to get up and go. It makes me want to set some, some really sweet goals and start moving towards them. I'm really excited to be able to share her story with you and how her trip went. So, yeah, buckle in for this quick little episode this week. Hello, Katie. Thank you so much for going back to the MS Understood podcast today. How are you? Uh, I feel good. I feel good. Thanks heaps for having me. I'm really excited to talk about our adventure. Yeah, I can't wait to hear. I suppose, do you want to just dive in? How did it, like when we spoke last, you weren't sure if you were going to even be able to fly out. Um, So yeah, I suppose start there. Yeah, I mean, it was touch and go. So we had a COVID outbreak in the location we were flying into and we thought that um, New Zealand's been really um, careful around COVID at the moment. So we thought they would shut the airport and, and the city down. And they didn't. And so then we we're like, oh, how bad is this outbreak? Should we be flying? And by the time we actually flew in, it was pretty under control. So we were stoked. Um, we had to change flights at this end, but that was um, still manageable. Uh, and then we, so we flew in and um picked up, um, met Nick at the airport. Nick Allen is the founder of Mastering Mountains and he was going to join us um, on part of our adventure. So that was awesome to meet him finally in person after lots of corridor over the phone and over Zoom. Um, And then we'd set off down to Fox Glacier, which is, um, we actually um, cut our trip in half. We went to Hokitika first, which is, um, I don't know, about five hours from Christchurch stayed over there and then um, drove on to Fox Glacier. And then um, we booked the helicopter. That's how you get into these alpine huts. um, You can walk in, but it takes a number of days. And because of the glaciers receding, it's actually quite difficult to access some of these places now. So um, I bought my carbon offsets and I (laughs) 
<laughs> book the helicopter. And, um, and the next morning we were due to fly out. But uh, again, there was a lot of um, uncertainty because there was low-lying cloud. We woke up to a beautiful sunny morning and then the cloud came in. And my husband said to me, get, get ready right now. And I'm like, oh, no, we've got time. And he's like, no, we're going to have to leave early. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm not mentally prepared. <laughs> So anyway, we, we, um, the helicopter pilot said to us, look, we'll just have a look. If we can't get in, they need full visibility for the entire flight in the helicopter. So if we can't get in, we can't get in, um, but we'll go and have a look. So we're sort of, you know, like I'm just, I'm so anxious sitting in the helicopter, like is the cloud opening? What's happening? Not at all absorbing the beauty of the surroundings, just worried that we're not going to be able to get in. Um, and this, it was like, Claire, someone was looking over us that day. The cloud just opened up at the right moment. We zipped up through this little hole in the cloud. And then above the clouds, we were suddenly surrounded by mountains, blue sky, this incredible scenery. It was like being transported into another world. It's was, it was beautiful. Wow. And at this, like, how was your body physically feeling? How were you feeling, I suppose, in terms of, Mountaineering, but also in terms of MS. Uh, so I seem to find that when I'm running on adrenaline, I don't really have symptoms. Mm. It's after the adrenaline works its way out that I have symptoms. So I was, you know, I was anxious and worried and just all up in my head, but my symptoms were fine. Um, so, and then when we got up to, so they dropped, they drop you off at a, um, area close to the hut and, um, and then they fly off and you walk down to the hut and, um, you're instantly transported. So you, you're in your Alpine gear, you're putting your crampons on, you're putting your helmet on to walk in effect 10 minutes down to the hut. Um, and my symptoms were fine. Um, I do quite well in the cold, um, which actually helped quite a bit. But I definitely had that sort of, like, once we got into the hut and sorted our gear out, this sort of bit of a wave of fatigue, like, oh, this has been such a mission just to get here that I was just like, we was sort of supposed to kind of get moving and do stuff. And I was just sitting around <laughs> thinking, I'm really tired. Can we just not do anything? Uh, yeah. And so that was just the start. And then the climb is from the hut, right? Yeah, so um, it's all about weather um, when you're climbing. So um, we'd looked at the weather and you actually have a, there's a little um, radio in the hut. So each night there's a, a broadcast that comes through from our um, Department of Conservation about the weather in the local region. So you listen to that each night to get a gauge on what's happening tomorrow. Um, and, but we had a fair idea that we'd have a few days in the hut before we'd climb. Um, so that afternoon, we put in what you call a boot track, which is you walk through the snow towards where you're going to be climbing um, to kind of make a bit of a trail, because often that's the section you'll walk in the night and um, or the early morning, and it's good to kind of be able to see where you're going to be walking. So we did that, um, and then the next few days, we sort of just um, did, did little bits and pieces, but nothing. I was also really conscious of not pushing my body too much, so... You know, we had a beautiful day that was no good for our climb, but would have been fine to play around in the snow. And everyone else in the hut was out doing stuff. And they're kind of looking at us like, what, what are you doing? Like, it's an amazing day. And I'm like, sitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just taking it, taking it easy. 
Totally, totally. I was really conscious of making sure I had every ounce of energy possible available for that climb day. Um, and also trying to not get mentally stressed, just trying to do things slowly and not to sort of rush too much. Um, and then we, we waited for this weather window and it was on the day we thought it would be, but the avalanche risk was um, moderate, which means you've got to be quite careful. We were very that fortunate. Because it was sunny? Um, yeah, so it's to do with a combination of we had a, uh, a blizzard come through overnight and we had high winds and it's to do with how much sun this, the, and cold the snow has had and whether it's been loaded into a certain place by the wind. Right. So there was a risk there and we had this guru guy in the hut who had been climbing since his 20s and he was in his 70s. He climbed with probably all the great New Zealand climbers. So we were just tapping him up like, okay, what's your take on this? And he said, we were going to leave really early the next morning for our climb. And he said, leave a bit later so that when you can see the main section of the climb ahead of you, it's in, um, the sun has come up and you can visually see if there's any avalanches running. Mm. Um, so that's what we did. So we left a bit later, which was okay by me, <laughs> meant like an extra two hours sleep. Uh, and then we rounded the corner and you see this big face that you're going to climb up um, and it, and we just kept walking. I'm like, oh, is this happening? Are we are we going? We're still walking. We're still going. Oh, my goodness. And then we're at the bottom of the face and we're climbing. I'm like, this is happening. Wow, this is happening. <laughs> um, there's crevasses all the way up this particular face. So you sort of have to zigzag around these crevasses um, to avoid falling into a big hole. So we kind of did that and we got up there really fast and I was pumped and I was like high-fiving my husband. Yeah, we totally nailed that. And the bit that we thought was going to be super easy, nice and kind of gentle terrain was covered in ice. And ice is really difficult to climb on because it's super skatey and you can't, your crampons don't go in very well. Mike's crampons went in just fine because he's a bit bigger and he has better kit, mine were not good. So I was skating around up there a lot and it was terrifying actually. Um, and all my kind of calm, mental, I'm all good, this is fine. They all went out the window. I was like, ah, this is terrifying. <laughs> so, um, but I was able to physically able to keep going and, um, the adrenaline was running, but also I had absolute determination. I had so much support behind me. I knew I'd done the training and I knew I could do it if I could just just keep focused and keep putting one step in front of the other. Yeah. And then um, bit by bit, step by step, and it was also very windy, which I also I find a bit um, stresses me out when it's really windy. But uh, we started to make our way up the summit ridge and I'm like, Oh my God, I think. And then we were there. Then, <laughs> and you could see the world beneath you. You could see Araki Mount Cook, which is our highest peak in New Zealand, all the way down the Southern Alps. You could see out to the sea. You could see on the, over the other side of the main divide into the Tasman um, Glacier. And it was incredible, but brief, because we were <laughs> like in this environment that was quite dangerous and it was icy and windy and I'm like oh amazing right let's get down <laughs> yeah 
So you think it's all going to be serene and you'll have this moment to just soak it up, but actually you don't really. Well, on that day, we didn't. Um, and then we scrambled back down the same way um, we come. We got to this sort of nice flatter area that was um, a bit softer. And so we had some food and then we just had this effort return down that same face that we came up that, and it took us probably longer to get down than it did to come up. Yeah. So we fumbled around for ages on there, but then at the bottom of the face, uh, we knew we were finally in safe terrain out of avalanche risk. And it was just this glorious feeling of relief, like, oh, it's over, it's over. <laughs> wow. And so how, like you had that relief sense of it's over. I suppose you then you, you had, did you have another night at the, or a couple of nights at the hut? Yeah, so we walked, the walk back from that point was actually still two hours, but it was over very straightforward terrain, and the hut's up the hill, which sucks. So you get so it took us twelve hours. We thought it would take maybe nine or ten hours. So it had definitely taken us longer. I was sort of thinking, oh, how's I was interested to see what would happen to my body. Yeah. Um. But and then the sort of last walk up to the hut is quite steep. It's only maybe ten minutes, but it's but like mentally really challenging to be like, oh, oh do yeah. I have to climb now? Um, and then just, you know, taking all the gear off takes quite a bit of time. And the food, like Mike, my husband cooked the food for us and that tasted amazing. And then we just zonked out and slept that night. Yeah. Um, but it was very interesting to observe how much stronger my body was than I thought. Yeah. So I knew I had mental strength but I didn't know if I had physical strength. I knew I'd done lots of training, but I'd never tested my body to that level before uh, since my diagnosis. Yeah. Um, I, there's a few things that probably helped. Like I kind of timed it um, in my menstrual cycle. So I was like, this is the strongest time in my cycle for me. This is when I tend to have the least symptoms. I did, did do some things like making sure I wasn't getting too hot, making sure I drank heaps of water. That really helped me. When I get dehydrated, things don't go so well. Um, and then just trying to rest a lot before and after. Um, but in the end, um, I'm just very fortunate that this is the current state of my MS and its journey through my body. And I was strong enough on that day to do the climb and I will be forever grateful that I was given that opportunity. Oh, that's so amazing. It's You must be so stoked. Like how incredible to be able to do that. It's just, it's bringing tears to my eyes. Oh. Um, how did you feel when you got home? Did you have a crash or did you just kind yeah. of going? Uh, yeah, I, and I had sort of planned for that to just try and um, – make sure I didn't have lots of stuff on the next week. And, um, but I was really tired. So I didn't have a huge exacerbation of symptoms. I'm still waiting. That may come. It hasn't yet. But um, it was mainly my brain just checked out. My body was tired. Um, I picked up a cold from my daughter, which possibly would have happened anyway. But, you know, I feel like your sort of reserves are quite low. So you're more susceptible to that type of thing. Um, and I actually felt for the first few days, people were like, wow, you must feel amazing. And I was like, I just feel really tired. <laughs> I felt like I was leading people down in my lack of enthusiasm. 
but like now, so this is probably two, two and a half weeks since the climb. Now it's starting to sink in. I've put, I took a little flag up with me and I've got that hanging on my wall next to my bed. And so each morning I sort of wake up and look at that to remind myself that that did happen. That thing did happen. Um, and it's starting to sink in now. And um, yeah, just this huge, huge gratitude that we were given that moment to do, to do that climb. Oh my goodness. I just think what an incredible way, what an incredible achievement for you and your body. And I suppose for the MS community in some way of you being able to do that with this diagnosis and really prove to to people all around the world, hopefully that it's not an, an end when you get diagnosed with MS. I just think, yeah, it's so exciting. And do you know, that's why I did it. So I actually didn't do it for me, although I enjoyed it and I love being in those environments. I did it to show people that are in a stage in their journey where they are capable of challenging themselves physically, that you can do it. Your journey might be different. It might be slower. You might have way more hurdles along the way. But if it's something that you want and it's within your reach, you should try because you just never know what you're capable of until you put yourself out there. Mm, Absolutely. And what we spoke about in the last episode, which will have come out the week before this one, is reframing of the adventure. It doesn't have to be a mountain climb. It just needs to be something that you can work towards. Do you have a new goal or is it too soon? It's too soon. It's too soon. I've only had three people ask me, what's next? Most people are still like, oh, that's so cool. So I'm not, uh, at the moment, I'm planning my five-year-old's birthday party, her school visits because she's about to go to school and what we're going to do for Christmas. That is my current focus. But don't don't worry, there'll be more on the horizon. I just, I absolutely loved it. And I, um, any moment that I can spend outdoors is a moment to be treated. So there there will be more to come. Yeah. Yeah. And people can find anything that you're doing on your Instagram account. Yeah. You want to share. Yeah. So Katie underscore climbs, you can check me out there. Um, And I'm really happy for people to ask questions or be like, what did you, how did you train? What support did you have? Anything like that. Cause that's, that's the ambition is that I can, this, um, this story can help people um, find a way forward for their own adventures. Yeah, awesome. Is there anything else you wanted to share with everyone before we finish up? Um, stay safe, stay strong and be true to yourself. There's more in you than you know. Thank you so much for coming back and, and telling us the end of that chapter of your story. No problem. Thank you for having me. <laughs>